continuing our series, um, Nothing Seems Impossible Anymore. And as we approach Christmas, we've got, um, well, just under a week to get ready. And over these last few weeks, we've welcomed hundreds of people into this building. And in this um, reception area, I have stood and sat at different times, and other people have, and welcomed hundreds of people into the building for carol services but, uh, and concerts and uh, nativity plays. There have been, a, um, well, the nursery did one on, on Friday. There was a nativity play and an entertainer. Um, I don't know which one was more entertaining. Um, but it's been wonderful that God has been using this building for the community to come in. And as I've stood at reception, I've asked this question, do you know where you're heading? It's always important to ask this question when someone is coming in and not to assume, especially on a Wednesday evening. Um, there are some things on a Wednesday evening it's important not to assume um, where someone is going. Um, so, if someone comes with a, a exercise mat, it's pretty clear that they're going upstairs to the activity hall. But actually, when, when I'm asking this question, I'm, I'm thinking inside, do you know where you're heading? Not just in the building, but in, well, eternal heading. Where are you going when you die? I don't continue that conversation with every single person coming in. Do you know where you're going after you've died? What a welcome. What a kind of Christmas message. And you might be thinking, this is a bit heavy for the Sunday before Christmas. Things in the world are heavy enough. But actually it's important to know this answer, especially at this time when there's so much uncertainty because I want people to be certain about how they answer this. In the church and outside of the church, how do you answer it? I want us to be rock solid certain, filled up with confidence in how we answer it. On Wednesday, I was in, uh, in the playground doing school pickup. Um, actually, it wasn't Wednesday. It was another day this week. Um, and there was a, a mum, she, she came up and, and chatted with me and said that over the last two years, the pressure that people have been under has revealed what's inside. And I'm thinking, wow, this, this is quite a deep conversation for a school pickup. And she, she used the, the illustration about, you, you know, when you squeeze a can or a tin if there are things inside, um, they can withstand that pressure a lot. But if there's nothing inside, it just crumbles. And she, she went on to say that um, some people that she, she, she knows, has their, their lives look sorted. But as pressure has come, as they've come under pressure of uncertainty and challenge and, and, and different situations, What's inside has actually not with, uh, handled the pressure, not been able to um, cope with it. And I wonder if this morning, over the last two years, or even just the last, the last week, whether actually the testing, the challenges, the uncertainty has brought certain things into question, and the pressure has caused you to question or, or doubt um, is God with me? Am I going with him in, um, in a t for eternity? Do I know how I answer this question? And even if you haven't been, there'll be people around you 
people who know God well or who don't know him well who will not know how to answer this question. So whether you think this is morbid or not, I want us to to go on on a journey this morning to think about how assurance is possible now. Assurance is different to insurance. Insurance is on the likelihood or, or possible chance in case something happens. Assurance is knowing something will happen and having that confidence that it will happen when it happens. So when you die, do you have assurance that you will go to heaven and not to hell? When you're living, do you have assurance that God is with you, right by your side? Assurance is possible now. And this whole series that we've been going through is based on this verse in, one, uh, in Luke chapter 1, verse 37, that remind us um, of the context of the series, nothing seems impossible anymore, but it also reminds us on who we should have our confidence and trust, that no word from God will ever fail. Nothing, nothing is impossible with God anymore. That's another translation of the same phrase, but it's a word from God that will never fail. We can trust in his faithfulness and we can have assurance from him. I want you to think about some reasons why people may struggle with assurance of salvation or assurance of knowing that God is with them. Not just eternity, but why they may question whether God really loves them or God is with them. It might be that you know some of the reasons because you have this struggle as well. It might be that someone you know has, has it. So what things might come up? The first one that I've put is maybe you have struggles with assurance because actually you haven't made up your mind yet. You might have insurance about when you die. Well, I go to church. That's my insurance policy. I've learned the theory. That's my insurance policy. But actually, if you haven't turned and believed in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you don't have that assurance. Maybe you're trusting in your own good deeds rather than God's grace. This card was read out in a carol service that I was doing the devotion in on Monday. And it says this, Mary and Joseph could not know how their baby would change the world. That's a truth. Mary and Joseph were told by the angels, um, uh, angel Gabriel, in dreams and, and, and um, appearances, and they could not know that the baby that Mary would have, how big an impact that Jesus would have. Truth. Christians believe that Jesus was born on earth to show people how they should treat one another. Partial truth. Yeah, Jesus came to reveal how to live as a human following God's way. And then I I heard this bit, the last bit, and it was like, no, because it's a lie. uh, uh, Jesus was born on earth to show people how how they should treat one another, how if they lived a good, good life doing good deeds, so good for others, they would go to heaven. Cobblers. It's not in the Bible, it's a lie. And I wanted to shout that out during that carol service. You don't get to heaven by doing good things for others. Jesus never taught that. 
The Bible doesn't teach that. But maybe we or others see if we can earn our way into heaven. We try to do good things because somehow we, we've, well maybe it makes us feel better. Yeah, we know that God God's, has rescued us by his grace, um, by his goodness, by his kindness. But we want to pay for it. We want to earn it. We want to do things to deserve it, to, to deserve getting in. So maybe we actually live that out. I don't know that the teaching resource that, um, or the, the teacher that wrote the teaching resource um, that this card was from, but maybe that's what they believe. That to get to heaven, you need to do good things. And that's what Jesus taught. Actually, if you believe that, if you believe that you can get to heaven just by doing good things, and you're trusting in your good deeds rather than God's grace, you're going to have struggles with assurance. Maybe your faith or the people's faith around you that that you know and you're you're chatting with, um, too centered on events or experiences or emotions rather than on fact. Emotions can go up and down. Experiences and events, memories of those things can fade and cause our feeling of certainty, a feeling of assurance to, to fade with the, with the memories. One of the things that I love about the Alpha Course is the first few weeks, um, especially, they go through clear evidence of how this book is completely reliable, how the things written in it about Jesus are historically accurate, how in Luke's gospel, he went and took eyewitness accounts. So when we're reading Luke's gospel, as we have done the last few Sundays, Luke, as a historian, would have gone and spoken to someone who was there and heard what happened. Why don't we hear what the shepherds said? probably because Luke didn't go to see the shepherds and write down what they said. Why do we hear what Mary says? Well, most certainly because Mary would have been interviewed by Luke and Luke would have written it down. We need to base our salvation, our um, faith on fact and not just on feelings or on an event and experiences. Maybe the, limit, the limitations that have happened over the last two years on gathered corporate worship have caused you to wobble in your faith and to go a little bit drier. And that's had a knock-on effect about your assurance, your confidence, you're, you're full of, yeah, I can withstand the pressure. And maybe actually God wants to teach you a different lesson about worship and to lead you into a place of greater confidence. Maybe you're comparing yourselves to other, other Christians. This has been an issue for me over the years and it's wobbled my own um, assurance, my own confidence. Because it might be that you look at someone and think, that person's such a first-class Christian and I'm a no-class Christian. Or I've done this, I know my sin. And they're just perfect. And it can cause us to wobble 
in our assurance and our confidence. These next two, I'm just going to quickly um, take together. Um, maybe one of the reasons is that we, we don't regularly immerse ourselves in God's words or open ourselves up to encountering God's spirit. Or maybe we're forgetting or not regularly reminding ourselves the good news that Jesus lived and talked. Maybe there's a habit that is sinful, a mindset that you keep on having and it's just, or an action, and it, you're just stuck in sin. And because of that, maybe you then go back to um, number two, trusting in your own good deeds because your bad deeds um, are there and you keep on doing what you shouldn't be doing, you know you shouldn't be doing it, and that wobbles your assurance of salvation. So to get an assurance of salvation, you then do good things in order to counter out the bad things. Maybe there are some other things. Other reasons. I want us to look at Simeon. The passage that was read for us. This, this man in Jerusalem. Who we don't know his age. We assume that he was old. We assume was that the assumption that you had when uh, Fiona read? Yeah? We assume that he was old. But the Bible doesn't say that. And it's really helpful that the Bible doesn't say that because I'm not as old as I thought Simeon was. So I can read this passage and think, well, Simeon's an old person. It's okay for him to be able to say this because he's grown that righteousness and devoutness and, and faith. Well, no, actually, he could be my age. And he's in Jerusalem. And I can learn from his example and what he says. It makes it more accessible for, for all people to connect with this man. And how he says... My eyes have now, sorry, my, my eyes have seen your salvation. Verse 30, do have your Bibles open or, or turned on uh, Luke chapter 2 um, if you'd like to follow. Verse 30, my eyes have seen your salvation. But just before that, he, say, he says, with Jesus in his arms, God, you've done what, what you have promised to do. You've done. And I can see it in my arms. Now I'm ready to go. It doesn't say then immediately Simeon dropped down dead. It doesn't say a few days later Simeon died. It just says that he's ready. Now I'm ready to go, God, because I have seen what you have promised for thousands of years. I've encountered your promised Messiah. Sovereign Lord, verse 29, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised you may now dismiss your servant in peace. Could you say that this morning? Maybe people that you meet over the next few days and you're talking ab about things and you hear an uncertainty about where they'll be, be heading uh, after they die or you ask a question, do you know where you're heading? And there's an uncertainty. Maybe you need to bring them to this point. And the things that we go through with Simeon's life aren't necessarily just for you, but are equipping you to lead someone else through this pathway. Assurance, knowing that God is with us, knowing that we'll be with God forever in eternity and not going to hell. 
starts through turning and believing in Jesus as Lord and Savior. My eyes have seen your salvation. Now I'm ready. And Simeon goes on to bless Mary, um, sorry, bless the baby and, and praise God and then talk to Mary specifically. And what Simeon uh, shares in verse uh, 31 and 32, uh, he says, you've prepared this God in the sight of all nations, a light of revelation to the Gentiles, not just the Jews, but to the Gentiles. He's basically saying, this is for everyone. Whoever you are, whether you're Jewish or or Gentile, whether you are far from God or near to God, this baby is for you. And Simeon um, shares that, but then goes on to say in verse 35 that um, the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And verse 34, the rising, uh, this baby will cause the falling and the rising of many in Israel and will be a sign that will be spoken against. People need to react and respond to who Jesus is. And Simeon shares that with Mary. People will respond. Their hearts will be revealed. And if they want assurance of where they're going eternally, it starts through turning and believing in Jesus as Lord and Savior. It then exists, so it continues through being immersed in the truth of God's words. Verse 25 describes um, Simeon as someone who was righteous and devout. Righteousness, um, people could see how he was living God's way and devout shows that actually he was someone that had an ongoing relationship with God. Simeon, um, so these, this verse doesn't just say that he, he read God's words. But what we see in his praise in verse 29 to 32 are references to God's words in, in the book of Isaiah, given hundreds of years before. And when we immerse ourselves in God's word, in, in the truth of God's words, it often comes out through our lips, through our actions. When we immerse ourselves in God's truth, it counters some of the the challenges and lies, the doubts, the questions that can creep in. And what we see in verse 31 and 32 are references to Isaiah 42, Isaiah 49, Isaiah 46. Um, You can um, have a look at those verses later on. God has done what he has promised How did Simeon know that God had promised it? Well, it said in his words, but also it was revealed by his spirit. Simeon was told by God's Holy Spirit that he would not die until he saw Jesus come, God's Messiah come. Assurance exists exclusively through the work or in the work of Jesus and his Holy Spirit. Simeon was someone who was expecting. His eyes were looking for Jesus, seeking Jesus out where, um, wherever he went. He was looking, desiring Jesus to be present. He was hungering after the, the uh, consolation of Israel, verse 25, which is the refreshing, the renewing, the, the res- restoration of Israel, God's promised holy one coming and making all things right. And then in his arms, as he says, God, as you've promised, you've done, he takes 
God in his arms and realizes that God always sticks to his words and that he's seen Jesus, who is described in John chapter 1, verse 11, as from the Father, full of grace and truth. Grace that saves us. Grace that, that rescues us. Grace that loves us even when we are unlovable. And truth that sets us free. And then in these verses, the description of Simeon. We see that the Holy Spirit is very much active in his life. The Holy Spirit was on him, verse 25. The Holy Spirit had revealed to him, verse 26, that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And then verse 27, he was moved by the Holy Spirit into the temple courts. What we see in verse 29 to 32 is God's Spirit taking God's word and pouring it out in praise and in prayer. And then in the rest of of the verses, Simeon then prophesies to Mary through the Holy Spirit of what this child would become and what will happen to him and to her. God's Holy Spirit reassures us of our assurance, our confidence. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, it, it says that everyone who, who uh, turns and believes in Jesus, who becomes a follower of Jesus, is given God's Holy Spirit as a seal, a seal of approval, a seal of appointment to God's family. Maybe this morning you need to be reminded by God's Holy Spirit that you are his, that you are God's, and that he will lead you home one day. Assurance starts through, through turning and believing in Jesus as Lord, continues immersing ourselves in his word, exists exclusively in Jesus and in, through the Holy Spirit's work. And it grows through faithful obedience to God's word and becomes visible when tested and acted upon. Simeon and Mary and Joseph in these verses are described as people who do what is required by God's word. Verse 25, Simeon was righteous. Mary and Joseph in verse 27 do what the word of God or the the law required. And as we live our lives in accordance with what God's word says because we're immersing ourselves with God's words, we find that our confidence grows. We need to be careful that it doesn't just become assurance through trying to do good things. But it's filling our minds with truth, not lies. Filling our minds with God's words about us and about him. So that when we come under pressure, we actually have something inside that can help us withstand uh, and stand up with, with that pressure. Because Things become visible when tested and acted upon. And it goes back to this mum in the playground who said about the can um, and how over the last two years, people that she's known um, have, have really revealed what's inside. I wonder 
whether you this morning could say what Simeon said. Now I'm ready. On Tuesday, it will be the, the 10th anniversary of a friend being knocked over by a bus. He was ready, but he didn't know when he would die. Are you ready? Do you have that assurance? Another friend at the moment is in ICU in Brentwood with COVID. Is she ready? I know she is. Are you ready? Can you say, now I'm ready? I'm ready to go. I don't want it to be now. I want to have Christmas dinner with my family. I don't want it to be um, until next Sunday. No, no. I, I don't want it to be now because actually there's so much more that I want to do with Jesus on earth. But are you ready? Can you say now I'm ready? Assurance that God is with you and that you will be with him for eternity comes by turning and believing in Jesus. And if you haven't done that this mo- um, yet, or you're not sure whether you've done that, let's do that this morning as a start. And let's continue to immerse ourselves with God's words. Maybe watch one less film this Christmas and take that time to just open God's words and open ourselves to God's Holy Spirit to remind ourselves, to empower us, to encourage us in what he he wants to minister into and speak to us about. As we approach 2022, let's uh, grow our assurance, our confidence through faithful obedience. So if things of pressure and uncertainty come, we will know that we are ready I'm going to pray. And I'd like us to just bow our heads. If you're joining online, you can pray as well. And I'm going to pray a, a, a prayer of making a, a commitment to Jesus Christ to become a Christian for the first time. But if you're anything like me, whenever that prayer is prayed, I pray it again. Like restating my, my intent and my promise. Not to, just, not to make sure that I've, I did it right the first time. I, I have confidence that I did do it right the first time. But to just say once again, the way that I came into your family, gods, I'm coming in again. Only by your grace and your goodness, not mine. And then I'm just going to pray a blessing that we know God's assurance this Christmas. So Father God, thank you for your word, the Bible. Thank you for Simeon taking you in his arms and seeing your gift of salvation. When we look at our lives and the world around us, we see things that are broken. We see things that are not right. We see things that are not your way. And for the things that we have done wrong, the things that we have done intentionally or unintentionally that go against your your way, 
the brokenness that we have caused others or caused ourselves or caused uh, society, we turn away from those gods, our attempts to be good. We turn away from those things and we turn back to you. And we thank you, God, that you're a God full of grace and full of truth and that grace, your goodness, your love, your um, unconditional love is shown to us through Jesus. Help us to receive that grace now, that fresh start and forgiveness now. Help us to receive your truth about who you are and about what we're like and who you make us, now we turn and believe in you. And may that truth set us free. And God, give us your Holy Spirit as we turn and believe in you, as a seal of your uh, assurance, your seal of your uh, calling us into your family, but also uh, you, Holy Spirit, alive in, in us not just on us like you were on Simeon, but in us, helping us to live full, fully for you. And God, I pray that each one of us, whether we've just prayed that prayer for the first time, whether in this building or online or watching this another time, that we will have your blessed assurance this Christmas. And that we will know that now we're ready because you are with us and we will be with you for eternity. In Jesus' name, amen.